Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. We're going to be in Psalm 116 this evening, and this is a wonderful psalm, and uh, this is one of the um, six what are called the Hallel Psalms. So these would be specific psalms that would be sung by uh, the Jews during the Passover uh, period of time. And so every year as it came around, uh, kind of that March, April time frame as we would know it now, uh, they would sing Psalm 113 through 118. And those would be kind of the cries that they would have to the Lord. And today we are going to be diving into Psalm 116. I'm going to start off just reading this one verse, and then we will dive into uh, the rest of the psalm kind of piece by piece. And Psalm 116 and verse 17 says this, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, Let's pray and ask God to bless this time together. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you that uh, you have given us so many reasons to be thankful. And God, even tonight as we uh, gather together in a uh, building with heat as we are wearing the clothes that you have provided for us. As we uh, came either in vehicles or in friends' vehicles, thank you that you are constantly uh, providing for us and caring for us. And God, we pray that uh, as we study your word tonight, we would see clearly why we ought to be thankful uh, to you for all that you have done for us. Uh, we love you, God. I ask that you would uh, speak to us through your word. Uh, convict our hearts, challenge us. Uh, Lord, astonish us with uh, the beauty of Christ this evening. We pray all this in your name. Amen. So why be thankful? It is Thanksgiving time. Uh, it's that month. And for many people, uh, because Thanksgiving is kind of just a uh, somewhat arbitrary thing that began in the 1800s, it, it doesn't originate from, uh, from the Bible, the particular holiday you You can read all through here. You won't find the pilgrims. You won't find the Native Americans. Uh, You you won't find the specific practice of the day of Thanksgiving. But you can hardly go to any page in Scripture in which Thanksgiving is not either mentioned or is done. So the question would be, why should we be thankful? That is a question that many people in our world believe is Uh, very relevant, that there is nothing to be thankful for. There is no one to be thankful to. But as we look at this passage of scripture, I think we can see three incredible reasons why each of us should be thankful, regardless of what your circumstance in life might be, uh, regardless of whether or not uh, you're in a particular life stage, every single one of us can be ministered to Uh, this evening and find reason to be thankful to the Lord. And the first of these reasons from verses one through four is that God raised us from the dead. The passage says this, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore, will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death encompassed me and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. As I see these verses, I am reminded 
that God has raised us from the dead. The first way that uh, the, the writer here talks about uh, the sorrows of death compassing us and the pains of hell grabbing onto us, I, I think that the Lord rescued us from hell. And what a wonderful truth that is. It's, it's something that we revisit often, the gospel, that we were alienated from God, both by our nature and by our choice, that we were the enemies of God. But God in his incredible love did not allow us to remain distant. And instead, he pursued us in the person of Christ Jesus, who came to this earth, earth lived a perfectly sinless life, who died on the cross, He was beaten and bruised on our behalf, as Isaiah 53 would say. And so because of that, we can know that our sins are completely forgiven. We can have a restored relationship with God because God raised us from the dead. He rescued us from hell. I think of Ephesians chapter 2 where it says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins but he quickened us together. He, he made us alive through what Christ has done. So God has raised us from the dead. But then as I see what the writer here is saying, he rescues us from trouble. That not only has God saved us from that eternal damnation, but each and every step along the way, uh, you're all here tonight. God has rescued you from trouble that every difficulty, every heartache that you've ever encountered, God has brought you through. Don't don't take that lightly. Don't just imagine that you are here because you are a really strong person. No, it is only by the grace of God that any of us are able to be here today, that he is the one who provides each and every breath to us. And because he is the one that sustains us, We can be thankful because not only has he saved our souls from hell if we have accepted Christ, but he has saved us from every trouble that we have encountered along the way. That specific uh, uh, trouble that uh, the psalmist writes about here, the sorrows of death compassed me, the pains of hell got hold upon me. It wasn't literally that, uh, you know, you can see in some illustrations where hands are literally bursting out of the ground and grabbing the person. That's the picture that's being painted here by the psalmist. Uh, But all of the travails of life, the, the fears that the psalmist faced, We're all overcome by the Lord. And so as a result there, you can see in verses one and two, he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications because he has inclined his ear to me. Your your God is not indifferent to you. Your God loves you. Your God, every time you have cried out to him, every time you have fallen in your sin, he has seen you. He has picked you back up. And so what an incredible reason to be thankful to him that he did not leave us to our condemnation and he has not left us alone in any trouble that we have ever faced since then. So we can be thankful because God has raised us from the dead. But secondly, I can see that God refreshes us when we are down or downtrodden. And we can see this in verses five through 11. It says, gracious is the Lord and righteous Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. 
For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. God refreshes us when we are down. I see there in verses five and six that he cares for us. I see there gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Do you know that God cares for you? It says there he preserves the simple. Those are not just those that love the Lord, are wise, and yet fall on hard times. It is the inexperienced. It is those who have not yet seen what God would have them to do, and they fall in their ignorance, and yet God preserves them. He keeps them safe. He guards them. What a comfort that is, that oftentimes we can, we can know what it is to follow the Lord. And maybe when we fall on hard times, but we've been trusting the Lord, we can go, okay, I know God's got me because I'm walking with him. But what a comfort that even when we aren't inherently doing what uh, maybe we, we know that we should, or maybe we don't know what we should be doing in a situation and we make a mistake, that God still cares for us, that God's care for you is not dependent on your righteousness before him. You have no righteousness. I think of the song that we sang, it's all his all-sufficient merit. It's none of ours. And so whether you come to God saying, God, I am fully relying on you. I am trusting in you. I am obeying you. Or whether you are coming to God saying, I have fallen, I have sinned, I have messed up, I did not make a right choice. In either scenario, God cares for you. And I can see that from, from those verses that our, our gracious God who gives us what we do not deserve, our righteous God who knows what is right and what is good, and yet our God is merciful that even though he knows what is right and good and that we have not attained his level of righteousness, he is still merciful to us. He, he does not give us what we do deserve in condemnation and punishment. So God cares for us. I see in verses seven and eight that he comforts us. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from falling. I see here that he, he comforts us. There in verse 7, return unto thy rest, O my soul. Do you know that you can have soul rest when you are relying on the Lord? That he can bring that comfort that no amount of earthly words could ever bring you. The most that this world could attempt to give you is, ah, oh, we, we can buy you some security with uh, a ton of cameras. We, we can buy you happiness with a ton of things. We can buy you a great retirement with this particular 401k or with this thing. And yet the world can't guarantee that you'll take another breath. But you know who does guarantee that they are always with you? Do you know who does guarantee that in whatever circumstance you find yourself, you will be in the middle of his plan for your good and for his glory, it's the Lord. 
So he comforts us that in our hardships, in our sins, in our moments of anxiety and fear, that God is with us. And so we can return to rest in our souls. I think of Jesus's words uh, during the Last Supper where he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. That peace is one that the world cannot know or cannot give. It is the peace of knowing that God himself is your father, is your friend, is your redeemer, is your comforter. He is with you. He has a home for you forever. If he has you here on earth for any amount of time, he has a purpose for you. What wonderful comfort and rest for our souls we find in our God. He comforts us. And then I see uh, that he gives us confidence. He gives us this refreshing of confidence. You see this in verses 9 through 11. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. So here you have the psalmist uh, kind of contrasting two things. There's the the specific statement of faith and confidence, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. It's this statement counter what he had believed earlier that hell and the grave were trying to pull him down. And he's saying, God has delivered me. And as a result, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That there is a God confidence that says, not because I can see the future, not because I uh, am such a great person or I am stronger than all of my enemies. Instead, he's saying, because of what God has done, I have confidence. I think our world is in desperate need of some Christians that will have confidence in their Lord. Not, Not in how smart we are, not in how great our political candidates might be, but that we would have confidence in the Lord that we would say, I believe that God can bring revival. I believe that God can save my neighbor, my friend, my family member. I believe that God can do wonderful works like we've seen him do in the past. I believe that he can do them again. I think of James chapter one, where uh, he admonishes us that uh, if we do not have wisdom, we should ask of God. And it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. He says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. We ought to have faith, confidence, belief that God can and will work. Think of Hebrews chapter 11, where it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Do you have that confidence that God wants to refresh you with? That you don't have to go through your life panic-stricken and anxious about the outside world, about your life, but instead you can walk forward in confidence, knowing that you have a good and gracious Heavenly Father who is for you and not against you, who if you go through hard times, it is not to harm you, but it is to draw you closer to himself, that it is to see Christ glorified, that it is to give you, uh, it is to conform you more to the image of Christ. 
What a blessing that is that our hardships as Christians do not have to turn us into bitter people. Our hardships do not have to turn us into fearful people. But we can look more like Jesus at the end of our struggles than when we started. We can look more like the Son of God because of the worst that the world can throw at us. What wonderful comfort that that brings. What confidence that whether God blesses, I can walk forward in confidence. If I'm going through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why be thankful? God raised us from the dead. Why be thankful? God refreshes us when we are down. Why be thankful? Because God restores our devotion. I can see this in verses 12 through 19. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. God restores our devotion. I see first in verses 12 through 14 that God restores our worship. There in verse number 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? He says, what can I give the Lord for everything that he has given to me? He says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. He says, what does God want from me for everything that he's given to me? He wants me to talk to him. He wants me to have relationship with him, that I would call on the name of the Lord. He says, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. He says, everything that I've told God, God, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk to this person. I am going to, with your help, mortify, kill this sin. God, what I have vowed that I'm going to do, I'm going to do in the presence of everybody. God restores our worship. That the person that hell and death were dragging them down, that they said uh, that they were greatly afflicted and that all men are liars, that person going through it is now saying, God, I can't wait to pray to you. I can't wait to give something back to you. I can't wait to tell everyone else what you've done, to pay my vows unto the Lord in the presence of all his people. He says, God, I can't wait to worship you because you are worthy. God restores our worship. He, he restores our hope. See this in verse number 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious is not really a word or, or, or valuable or beautiful is not the word that we think of when we think of death. When we think of death, we think of darkness and despair and weeping, but that's not how God looks at it. Why? Because as the New Testament would say in a much fuller sense, now that we've been reconciled to God, 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What a thought that death itself, the, the final crush of the curse of sin for the believer only succeeds in reuniting us with our creator, that we get to then worship him forever, that we get to know him even as we are currently known by him. What an incredible thought that our hope is restored as we see the Lord, that even this person that at the beginning was encompassed by death and being drugged down to the grave is now saying, hey, even if I do die, it's precious to the Lord. It's beautiful to him because I have a relationship with him. And because my hope is in the Lord, I don't have anything to fear. Precious in the, Lord is the, uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. He restores our worship, our hope. In verses 16 through 18, he restores our service. O Lord, truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of, my handmaid, of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. I see there in verse 16, uh, that particular phrasing would be very foreign to us uh, I, I don't often call myself Pastor Dennis's servant. It's, it's kind of fallen out of uh, particular usage in that way. With, with uh, the children of Israel during this time, you had a servant, and a servant would be one that would serve a family for about seven years, normally to pay off a debt. And the writer here says, God, I'm just your servant. I'm just your slave. Whatever you say, I'm going to do. But then he goes on, he, he says it again, this repetition of the phrase is like, hey, I, I'm not just like a servant, like I'm a lowly servant. I am thy servant. I am thy servant. And then he says, and the son of thine handmaid. Uh, there were only two ways that you kind of had a, a permanent status as a servant or a not landowner in Israel, especially if you were born an Israelite. The two ways were, first, you were a servant. You served your seven years. Your debt is completely paid off. And if you told your master, I've got it good here. I don't want to leave this place. I don't want to leave you. I'm going to be your servant forever. Uh, they, would, uh, they would pierce your ear and uh, you would be that person's servant forever. You would be part of their household forever. The other way is if uh, the master gave one of his daughters to a servant, that then they are part of that household forever and any kids that were born would always be part of the master's household. It was his grandkid. And here you have... Uh, you have the psalm writer saying, I am your servant. I'm your slave. I'm just a lowly slave. I'm no one special. I serve you, Lord. And he says, I am the son of thy handmaid or of thy maidservant. He says, I'm with you forever. I'm, I'm, you're, you're stuck with me, Lord. <laughs> I am here for you. He says, I'm with you forever. 
But then as we think of slavery, we, we think of something oppressive, but then we see the kind of master that God is to us. In verse 16, he says, thou hast loosed my bonds. He says, I'm a slave with no chains. I have no bonds. I serve you, but I don't serve because I'm trapped or I am forced to serve you. I serve you because I love you and I will not leave you. So I see that God restores our worship. He restores our hope. He restores our service. And then I see in verses 18 and 19 that he restores our community. He says, I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. We say it very often here, you're at growth groups to one extent or another, you understand this, that God didn't just save you and restore you and renew you and rescue you from the dead so that you could be all by yourself and alone he restored you so that then you could be reunited with all of his people. That has always been the plan. Uh, so some of you have heard my aversion to the particular song, I've got a mansion uh, that's away from everyone else. I get a bunch of riches and I don't have to talk to anyone anymore. No, 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 no. That's not how it works at all. It, uh, a mansion back in uh, John 14 is an addition to the father's house. You have uh, Jesus saying there, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And when God saved you, he saved you so that you would be able to be in community, that when you struggle, when you hurt, the other members of the body would be able to help prop you up, to encourage you in your faith, to tell you not to quit, to tell you that it will all be all right, that the God of the past who's been faithful will continue to be faithful to you now and forever. So God, he, why be thankful? God raised us from the dead. Why be thankful? God refreshes us when we're down. Why be thankful? Because God restores our devotion. That he, he saved us and he restored our status. He restored our soul. And then he restored our service. That it's not just, okay, great, I'm good now and now I'm not gonna do a thing. No, 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 no. He, he restored you so that you would be able to be a blessing to others. He he restored you so that you would be able to tell others of his goodness and tell a dying world about the God who revives and restores. Lastly, I, I want to just mention one thing quickly before we go to our time of discussion questions. As this is one of the Hallel Psalms, the Psalms that would be sung before Passover, this would have been one of the songs that Christ sang with the disciples before going to Gethsemane, his trial, his beating, and then the cross. And I want us just for a moment to end to read this psalm again in the light of Christ going to his death, burial, and resurrection. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, will I call on him as long as I live? The sorrows of death compassed me 
and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the symbol. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears and my feet from failing. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Think of Judas, the traitor. <laughs> Think of Peter who said, I will never betray you. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Think in the garden of when Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That he took that cup of suffering so that we might taste the cup of salvation. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The death of Christ. But think of the thief on the cross who was beside him. Who asked the Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. He said, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. That the dying thief can be a saint through what Christ has done. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. So, why be thankful? God raised us from the dead. God refreshes us when we are down and downtrodden. And God restores our devotion. And all of these things he has done for us through Christ Jesus and through his incredible sacrifice. Why be thankful? He's worthy of it all. So, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Today, tomorrow, will you choose to have a heart of gratitude that says, Lord, I know what you've done for me. I know what you're doing in me. I know what your goals and your plans are for my life. So I'm going to be thankful today. Pastor mentions often it can be easy to complain, but we have so much to be thankful for.